without hope, without reward. I'm Kyle Jones, and you're listening to episode number 48 of, excuse me, not 48, because 48 just went out. This is actually episode number 49 of Discussing Who. We would like to thank you for taking just a little bit of time out of your schedule to listen to us. And tonight's episode, we are going to be reviewing Extremis, which is the sixth episode of the Doctor Who Series 10. So right now, I want to welcome back one half of the Voice of Relativity and my fellow member of the Doctor Who Podshot team, Lee Shackelford. Hey, Lee. Hi, guys. Good to be back with you. Good to be back. We uh, know you weren't feeling well last night, so we're both glad that you're feeling better. And who is that other half of the we that I'm talking about? Um, If you listen to the beginning of episode number 48 and you think, ah, that sounds just a little bit odd whenever I'm doing in the introduction, that's because I accidentally last night when we were recording called this gentleman our guest co-host when i should have been referring to him as our impossible co-host mr clarence (laughs) brown hey clarence hey man i'm just over here chilling in the uh in the deepest pit you know uh again like you said without hope without witness and all that (laughs) exactly blah 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 (laughs) over there with your wonder woman backpack yep there you go. <laughs> and Clarence, I mean, Lee, if you're wondering what I mean by that, listen to that episode and uh, you okay. will uh, understand uh, Mr. Brown giving me a very hard time about a particular backpack. <laughs> so, uh, Lee, what's been going on with you since the last time we recorded? Uh, you don't want to know. Let's move on to somebody else. <laughs> All right. Well, then, Clarence, what about you? Uh, well, we kind of talked about it on the last episode, so um, n- nothing much since our last recording, but before, previous to that, we we uh, kind of talked about Southern Geek Fest, but nothing much, man. Just happy to be back, be back on for another episode. All right. Well, with what that— about you, man? What's um, new with you? You know, I, I, um, I don't think I have anything else like what you guys said. Uh, I'm going to quote Lee here and say, well, just like Clarence just said, uh, you know, I don't think I could add anything <laughs> sure. else to that. So, yeah, I've got to agree with Clarence. So, yeah, i got to agree with Clarence. I don't really have anything else other than we've had a very good e- episode of Doctor Who's. I'm ready almost, you know, like jumping out of my chair to talk about it. But bef- um, before we begin, those of you who are familiar with the show – it's time for the warning, and you know what kind of warning that is. And considering the item for the uh, upcoming discussion that we're going to reference, I think that it would be safe to call it a spoiler warning. Spoilers. 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 Yes. Very good. Very good. So I do have a few news items I, I do want to cover. Um, the first thing is Big Finish Audio has released a set of Ninth Doctor Adventures, and it is featuring Camille Kadori and Bruno Langley. And, of course, we know who Camille Kadori is. She played Jackie Tyler. But uh, Langley played – does anybody know who he played? Anybody? Before I tell you. It's not jumping to my mind, no. Adam, Adam Mitchell. Oh, okay. The, uh, the guy yeah, with, with the... With the data port in his head. Yep, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
And uh, I've got a question for either of you because I recognize the name and I think I know who this person uh, is, but I don't recall for sure. Nicholas Briggs. I know he's yes. in Doctor Who all the time, so tell me what he does. He's all our Daleks and most of our Cybermen. And ah. is, uh, yeah, and has been a professional voice actor and sound producer for many, many years and is basically, um, I don't know what his official title is, but he is um, Big Finish. Okay. Well, oh, wow. Yeah, he, he's listed I, as an executive producer, I noticed on that. Okay, yeah, executive producer, yeah. Uh, in fact, because we, he, he, his contribution to Doctor Who are always with him off screen, um, you know, um, I, I didn't know what he looked like. So at Gallifrey, I was hanging around the big finish table and talking to this dude behind the table, you know, and, you know, and then walked away. And somebody else said, uh, hey, uh, you were having a good conversation with Nicholas Briggs over there. Was I? <laughs> well, okay, now I know. Duh. Anyway. Well, the interesting part of the story is he will be narrating these, I think it's a set of four stories, and he will be narrating. And from my understanding, I think he goes into the the part that is the ninth doctor. He's playing sort of like um, Richard Herndl uh, played uh, William Hartnell playing the first Doctor, and he's playing Eric, uh, Christopher Eccleston playing the ninth Doctor uh, in his really? voice. So that, I found uh, that quite interesting. I don't know well, if I like that. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of the Doctor Who stories on Big Finish have other actors playing the Doctor. And, uh, yeah, that sometimes that took me um, – So I had some misgivings about that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Who's, uh, who's uh, the, the – oh, the Santaran. Um, yes, uh, Ken, Ken Starkey. Yes. Is, is it Ken? Yes, Ken Starkey. Anyway, yeah, Starkey. Anyway, I remember his last name, Starkey. Um, yeah, Lewis just shared on, uh, on Podshock, he just shared a, uh, a bit of, um, a, a big finished story where, uh, it's a 12th doctor adventure and Starkey narrates and he played Peter Capaldi and he does a dead on <laughs> impression of Peter Capaldi. It's, it's wow. Yeah. It, interesting. And I think in the, um, 50th anniversary audio that they did, something at the end of the tunnel, light at the end of the tunnel, or something to that respect. I believe that the gentleman who played Ian Chesterton played in that particular audio went did, and went back and was the voice of the first Doctor, I think. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, William Russell was in the 50th special, but he was a, he was a, a, a guard. He was like a parking attendant at the BBC. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. And, um, you know, in the, um, in the, the very Stan Lee kind of cameo, actually. Now, was that in the, the retro was, where they oh, go back? No, no, that was Adventures in Space and Time. You're right. That was not in the, uh, the, uh, the Doctor Who story proper. Yeah. Gotcha. That was in Adventures in Space and Time. Yeah. Cause the reason I asked that, see, I did not know that, that I did not know that he was in there, but I do yeah. know that Carol Ann Ford was also yes. in Yes. <laughs> yes. Yelling out to her son that that thing you want to watch on TV is on. Yeah. Yes. Which I thought was funny. But that's a, that's a great line. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Clarence, I want to ping back to something that you said about, I'm not sure if I like that. So I want to ask you a question. Are you surprised that Eccleston won't even return for Big Finish? I mean, we know he doesn't want to be on screen, and, and this is actually for both of you, but Clarence, go first. Do you, are you surprised that he won't even do the audio? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that he wouldn't return, but uh, 
I guess we've already established that other actors can come in and play other actors playing a doctor. Uh, uh, so I guess that part is okay. Uh, it's just a bit surprising to me. I didn't really expect it in the audio dramas. What do you think, Lee? It is. Uh, I don't know what to say about Christopher Eccleston. I, I, <laughs> I, I respect him tremendously as an actor, and I understand that he doesn't want to get. Uh, uh, he has said again and again and again that he just doesn't want to spend the rest of his life as part of this franchise. And I'm old enough to remember when Tom Baker was doing that. Hmm. And of course, now he has clearly recanted that. Yeah. And um, and you know, the last person I said uh, I, I heard. You know who was a uh, uh, who played a, a a big role in the show? Who said, you know, I'm done with Doctor Who and kind of you know ticked off a lot of fans was John Sim. Correct. So, um, well, <laughs> well, here we go again. <laughs> so yeah, so you know I, you can't close the door on Christopher Eccleston, but um, uh, I don't know who, yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Man. No, I was just I was going to say it's kind of funny to see where in something as uh, a Doctor Who uh, they're willing to recast. You know. Um, whenever the time is needed. But if you take something like Star Wars, it's almost considered blasphemy if you <laughs> try to recast one of the actors. So I guess it's just different uh, methods for different franchises. That's interesting. I'd never that's thought true, about yeah. that before. Yeah. Because look yeah. at all the drama that, that's that been around. and Maybe not drama, but all the speculation back and forth. Will they do a CGI um you know, Princess Leia in the next movie or the next movie mm-hmm. after the next or yeah. So I had not, I had not thought yeah. about that. I, well, let me ask this question. Um, you know, speaking back on the different doctors and the different people, uh, playing the different doctors, have any of you read or from, you know, I know you're familiar with, but have you ever read any of the comics that are associated with Dr. Who? You know, I think, uh, our friends at Titan Comics are currently the um, authorized provider of Doctor Who comics. So are you familiar with the comics or have read them or anything like that? I've read a few of them, yeah. What about you, Clarence? I think I've only seen the various covers, never actually cracked one open. Yeah, I, I've read some of them. Of course, you know, some are better than others. It's just kind of weird for me reading them out of the comics. But, you know, cl- uh, you guys have talked to me enough and or heard me enough to know if the art's not pretty, I can't deal with it. <laughs> you know, if it's if it's <laughs> yeah. bad artwork, I, I'm, I, I just can't get into the story. And some of the artwork just is with X-Men or Avengers or Justice League or whatever is not as good as some of the other but I, that's just you know different flavors for different folks yeah yeah well the reason i mentioned the comics is for one reason the um titan comics they will be doing a four doctor crossover story this coming august and it will feature the ninth 10th 11th and 12th doctors they did something wow. similar huh. last uh august uh so evidently um you know, I think August must be crossover month, and I think there's a Doctor Who comics day in August that's um, surrounding probably this release. But uh, they're doing another crossover with those four Doctors, and that again, that is coming in August. And if you want to know more, if you're uh, listening to us, 
look in the show notes. There's a link to the article that I read. It was on comic book resources, CBR.com, and those uh, links can be found both for the uh, Ninth Doctor audio as well as the Titan comics in the show notes. So just take a look at that. So, guys, so, so just, again, just, go ahead. Just, yeah, just real quick, are the comics considered canon as much as Big, uh, big Finisher? Not really, uh, to my okay. understanding. And the reason I say that is each uh, doctor right now, I believe, has a different companion than they do in, um, you know, than they do in um, reality. You know, some companions we've never heard of. And I blush to admit that I can't remember the fellow's name, but uh, I did get to spend some time at a con with uh, uh, one of the artists who draws uh, current Doctor Who comics. And he said that everything in stories that were written for the comics did have to be cleared by BBC, BBC by ah, Doctor Who. So I don't know if that really means that we accept everything that is written for the comics as being canon. That would be very complicated. But I do remember <laughs> that he was, I do remember that he was pleased by um, something that he, well, a character that he created uh, who then turned up, uh, uh, whose name appeared on screen briefly in a later episode of uh, the series. So, uh, so he so he was happy in saying, "Okay, now that's canon. That character, I created. <laughs> <laughs> so right, that cool. means that means that everything I've ever said about him must be canon." Hooray! Cool. So, that's cool. Well, you know, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but um, you know, that's really cool that they could. Yeah. And I guess probably maybe the stipulation is we can't have a fifteenth Doctor in the comics that we've never heard of right. when exactly. we might one day have who knows as the. 15th doctor so all right well guys anything else before we move on any more news not that i'm aware of all right clarence anything else from you Uh, nothing at all let's do it all right well then like you just said let's do it let's get into the review oh doctor i didn't expect you thought you'd retired Domestic bliss on Derillium. That's the word among the Daleks. What happened? Oh, I see. My condolences. So just to back up just a bit, we are reviewing Extremis. This is the sixth episode again, Doctor Who Series 10. It's written by Stephen Moffat, and it was broadcast originally on the 20th of May, 2017, on BBC One in the UK and BBC America in the US. Now, in the UK, the episode was watched by 4.16 million overnight, and that was up about probably right at uh, a little under half a million but than the previous episode. So, you know, up up in viewership but clarence you made an interesting point prior to recording and that point was we basically have two stories in one and how are we going to approach the review so unless either of you have a suggestion otherwise (laughs) let's discuss the vault and then the veritas or veritas or however you want to say it are we good with that yeah all right all right the vault we finally so know who's involved. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, well, yeah, we know. <laughs> and I, I have been eager to get here and say that um, I think it was just, you know, whenever I was on the show last, I said, please, please, please don't let Missy be in the vault because that's lame <laughs> oh. and it's boring and it's stupid. 
And I take it back because mm. now it's interesting. So we managed to do exactly what we were expecting, but to not do it the way we were expecting, which is, as we were saying, that's sort of how Bill talks. You know, and that's sort of how Nardo yeah. talks. So that, yeah. that's what we're doing this year. We're doing things so that we're all going, yeah, okay, no, that makes sense. Huh, that's not what I... <laughs> so know? I'm looking here at my notes, and my notes literally say, Lee, were you surprised? So I think you just <laughs> answered that question. Yeah. Yes, you were. Because I knew it wasn't going to be that. Yep. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I kind of expected to be uh, the the John Sims more than um than than uh than than to be Missy. Uh, yes. But yeah, I, it it kind of worked in this episode though. I think that um the implications around her actually getting to the vault and seeing this promise on screen kind of makes it worth it. But still, it was a huge build up to to what we got. So I, I don't know. I I think it was worth it, but still, I'm kind of unsure. <laughs> I guess we'll see. All right. So were you surprised, Clarence? Sorry, it sounds like you're saying that you really weren't. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Like Lee said, that's kind of what everybody expected it to be. So it was the easy answer, actually. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when we heard Pop Goes the Weasel, that pretty much sealed the occupant's identity as <laughs> it's got to be Missy. You know. So do we know what planet this is that they're on? Do they ever say that? Or have we seen this in Classic Who? That's interesting. Because my, my, my addition to what Clarence just said is, who are the people that are planning to execute Missy, and have we seen them? So right tying well, into what he said, the planet, where are they, and... You know, have we seen them before? Do you recall? As far as I know, that's uh, that's new to the series and a, and a fascinating idea. Although the execution platform did remind me of the way we saw the master being uh, exterminated in uh, the '96 movie. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And what's funny to me is in this. Uh, this other planet, alien planet, future somewhere uh, out in time and space, uh, execution is still a thing. <laughs> it was really surprising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why must it be a time lord who carries out the execution, and who deemed them? You know, you know. There's so many questions here. Mm-hmm. Who turned her in? Yeah. Uh, how yeah. how was she deemed appropriate to be executed? And why must it be a time lord that does it? Yeah. Can't think of any other reason than that the time lords themselves wrote these rules. Um, but, but yeah, like the little out, like the, like the, you, you get five minutes if you have a, if you have a, a, a faith in a higher power. <laughs> That's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it seems kind of eccentric, but, uh, um, but I don't know. There, there are so many races in the universe, in the Doctor Who universe, you know, um, that we've never met and haven't heard of, who nonetheless have great power. The, you know, the uh, the new series brought us the Shadow Proclamation and things like that. You know, um, so yeah, who knows it? But it, it is fun. But didn't they make you think of the Time Lords? Didn't they? Didn't they, they, they did. Like, they did. They yeah. did. What do you think? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think they were very similar. Uh, it was kind of cool seeing the actor off of. Uh, humans yes uh on there the, the tall black guy <laughs> oh. uh, but but yeah i was i was really it really seemed like it was somehow tied to the time lords and um yeah i i really don't know 
um, how I feel about this higher, you know, race still doing this execution thing, which we're getting berated about it now in America. And, you know, it's not very forward looking, but I, I can see in the context of this story how it fit in. So here's my question on the execution. I mean, I understand, you know, whether I agree with it or not. I understand, you know, if a law says the the you do X and if you do X, X equals Y and Y is, you know, extermination, uh, execution, whatever you want to call it. So I, I get that. I understand that. I'm 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 good with that. My question is on the flip of that. If I am a Time Lord and I am called to this place because that is the only or I am the only Time Lord they can find, what then happens if I refuse to do the deed? What happens to me? So I open that question Hmm. to you guys. Hmm. You know, can it be refused is my my point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess he did refuse in a nutshell, though, right? Uh, he said he messed with the wiring or whatever, but he uh-huh. did virtually just refuse it. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Good point. And, and She's another, not dead. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, and, and another thing as to, like, who may have turned her in, uh, she briefly mentions uh, the Daleks and hearing about the doctor's um, 24 years or whatever. Uh, I forget the planet's name. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah. So she she briefly mentions that. So she kind of knows what's going on, and she was hanging out with the Daleks over there. So who? I guess that's what we'll find out. Who actually turned her in is the big mystery now. I guess. And did the, did the Daleks turn her in? Did someone else? Did the Doctor? You know, there's <laughs> question, 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 question. Yeah, I forgot. The last time we saw her, she was on Scarrow, wasn't she? Correct. So it's yeah, been okay. a while since yeah. we've seen her. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> So we see a monk uh, walking <laughs> closely, ever so closely, and did – well, Well, let me go back and ask this question. At the very beginning in that scene where Missy comes out the door, the doctor is on one side of the platform, Missy is on the other side of the platform, did either of you question who is the executioner, who is the executionee at, at any point during that scene? Like which well, one was which? Well, I, I, I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. I mean, they clearly set it up so that we we were to understand that this is the doctor's dying day, and then we <laughs> saw who was gonna who's gonna be the one to pull the switch. Well, of course she would, yeah. And then she knelt and said, "Oh, oh, okay, all right, very clever, very nice, yeah, <laughs> yeah." That was cool. They they definitely drummed that up. Yeah, and I think it worked really well because just in probably less than two pages of dialogue, once again, you know, she has a presence, she being Michelle Gomez, has a presence about her of total insanity as Missy that I just am so sad that she, you know, we hear that she's exiting stage left as Missy. So I, I, I just wish she would stay around longer. So let me ask this quick question. All right, so we know the monk comes up. Did we immediately know that the monk's identity would be Nordal, or did we think something else? Clarence, what were you thinking? 
Uh, it was a pretty strong possibility that, that it was him. <laughs> uh, in fact, he's the first person that popped in my mind. I really couldn't imagine it being anyone else. But uh, but yeah. In, in any case, though, it was it was kind of cool to see Nolder come come there on the full authority of River Song to kick the doctor's tail uh, in case anything goes awry. <laughs> what about you, Lee? What did you think? Did you think immediately of Nordle or did you think of somebody else? Well, we, we've seen the um, somebody comes up with their face shrouded thing, you know, and they turn out to be the rescuer, perhaps. Uh, we've seen that enough times that I knew it was going to be somebody that we know. And then I, I did. I recognized Matt Lucas's voice. So, um, which, <laughs> which, come to think of it, is that's kind of amazing because um, if you know the rest of his body of work, it's hard to recognize his voice. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> he plays a thousand different characters. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I... It's interesting because the references to River Song and so on make us wonder where we are in the timeline exactly. Um, I know with, with with time travelers, maybe it doesn't matter. This could be a million years ago. But, it, well, and, and what we've seen, we now know this presages the, the, the vow to keep her in the vault for how long? A thousand years. A thousand years. Yeah, yeah, like that's really going to happen. Which I have so a this huge. Ha- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, in some timeline that matters, this happened a thousand years ago. Yeah. Okay. Really? I don't even know why I brought it up because, like I say, in a time travel show, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but isn't isn't the whole thousand year promise null and void because he basically stole her from them? So, I mean, why are we still beholden to this promise that he made well, to watch over? Wow, that's really a weird. really good question. That is a fantastic question. <laughs> yeah. And it's making me want to think because I'm, you know, <laughs> when when you were saying uh, that he basically, you know, stole her and therefore makes it null and void, he does stand there and he says something about, you know, I, I vow to watch over, you know, her for a thousand years, even though he didn't execute her. So he did say that so the, is the 70 years at the school just the first 70 or is it like what lee said <laughs> it's the last 70 it's the last of, yeah i've been assuming it's the last but yeah maybe hmm. so if he's been doing it for a thousand years does that mean now that he is three thousand years old right yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's been a thousand i don't years. think so either <laughs> No, and he clearly said uh, in uh, one of the recent episodes that he's two thousand years old. Correct. Correct. So, so yeah, I guess this. The, so the the execution scene that we saw that's this has happened seventy years ago. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, be. still, still, why is he keeping half of the the sen- Why is he carrying out half of the sentence? And when he's disrespected half the other half <laughs> the, of the it. crucial part about her being dead <laughs> yeah well yeah. I, I i certainly could see a sense of responsibility that you know if if there was this dangerous person that was my cousin or somebody i felt really close to that i'd sprung out of prison and i had some type of heart i wouldn't want that person going off and killing a bunch of people so i guess that's just his moral co- compass uh still trying to keep an eye on her regardless of him not deeming her worthy to be executed so yeah, yeah. He, he's commuted her he's commuted her her uh the death penalty to uh life in prison yeah 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 
Whereas when it was the master before, uh, which was the uh, you know the John Sim master, that version quote unquote dies in his arms, and uh, you know I it, it's 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 very interesting, and I know that Missy will be back next week, which means you know we'll find out more. But I want to mention one thing about the Nordal uh, episode or, you know, the scene, not not episode, but the scene with him in the uh, hood. With my hearing, immediately I did not recognize the voice, maybe like you guys did. So there was that brief moment that I had the speculation of A, Nordal, or B, Master meaning not mistress mm-hmm. but master john sim yeah. <laughs> that he was he was coming to stop the uh execution and mm-hmm. then we see uh you know of course river's diary and that you know i'll get to my other comment about river's diary and uh part two of our review but um yeah i i i thought it worked and so we go back and we go back to the vault and even now he's referring to her, you know, hey, Missy, you know, he touches the vault and he talks to Missy. Yeah. So there's no doubt in our mind at that point. Not only do we assume she's in the vault, now he's in the present talking to Missy through the vault. So I have a question about the actual title of the episode, uh, Extremist. Uh, of course, when Noto gives the little monologue about, you know, uh, he's sent here by a river song and he mentions uh Virtue is only virtue in the extremists. I'm wondering, is that how that actually plays into the episode? Were we to believe the name of the enemy is the extremists or the aliens? Or are we just talking about the extremist situations that kind of bring out the the, the goodness out of people? So I, I, I'm really kind of confused on that whole por- portion of the uh the episode and the title. Uh, you guys have any insights? I have. Oh, I have a thought, but I want Lee to go first. But if my thought is right, oh, I'll be very happy. But Lee, go for it. Well, in in legal terms, where I, where I, I guess I've heard that term used the most often, in extremist means at the point of death. Okay. Okay. That so makes a lot of sense. it. But it also seems to carry the sense in the rest of the world of, you know, being when 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 all the chips are down or, you know, when, when everything else is, you know, when you've tried everything else. You know. uh, so uh, it, it it certainly plays into uh, what we see in the virtual world versus what we're seeing here with with Missy as well. Right. Mm. But I do think it's that that idea of when you're about to die. And so then who is the you in that sentence? <laughs> um, yeah. So awesome. interesting. So here's my virtue thought. Virtue is only virtue. Okay, yeah. My thought, my thought, my thought. So here's my thought. Here's my hope, my thought, my hope, my, uh, my, <laughs> my uh, ray of sunshine, my thought, my only water in the forest. Um, so, so here we go. River Song is not going to be in this. <laughs> Let's assume for one moment. See, I, I'm ignoring that comment. Let's okay. assume for one moment that the doctor has not said that phrase yet. And if that is a true statement that the doctor has not said that statement yet to river then the only way that that could be in the diary is we get to see river again that's mm. 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 maybe <laughs> so, all right so any other 
thing that we want to mention on the vault before we move into the Veritas? I guess we could talk about um, how, uh, again, extremists and the extremists kind of uh, implies that maybe we're going to see Missy, and especially by the end of this episode, team up with the Doctor for the next adventure. Mm, I, I, I think I think I can assume that. Yeah, it looks he like he's going to need her help. Yeah, he says, I need you. We, yeah. we we really don't have a clue yet what exactly that means, but mm. could it be that uh, could these monks? Okay, so let me hold that thought. Let me hold that thought because I'm getting into the monks, and I have a thought <laughs> on uh, on what you just said, Clarence. But 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 let me hold off until we get to the monks themselves. So I have a question as we move into the actual. Uh, thing that we need to read and my question is do we still hate the sonic shades as much as we used to <laughs> um they actually made sense in the context of this episode so i this is probably the only episode that i actually like the man lee yeah yeah same feeling uh i love that he gets a vision like the terminator uh, when he puts them <laughs> on and uh I, I am fascinated, though, and this may be changing the topic, but but he gets little bits of uh, information about every person who approaches him, and there's yeah. a list of things about them. And the top item is their gender, which which seems that seems yeah. odd to me somehow. I think, really, what did you he design this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you've never cared about that before, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he's got Google Glass, and that's what we'd expect. Yeah. But anyways. But, so, so, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it definitely seems like Moffat um, uh, kind of uh, stole from the Wachowskis in this episode, because this is definitely a Matrix oh, episode. Yeah. It's, it's Matrix all over it. Yeah, <laughs> very true, yeah. Back to your question that you just said about the glasses. Here's my thought on that. If he had his sight then I think it would be overstating the obvious to show if this person is male or female. But we saw even with the Pope, uh, you know, the doctor start to make a rant about why, you know, if the Pope, if this was so important, the Pope would be here and Nordle has to say, oh, he's right here. The fact that you're interacting with someone that you cannot see, I, I could see knowing if that person approaching you is a male or a female and then five foot or whatever, as opposed to you seeing someone who's five foot eight and then not knowing, you know, wondering, OK, is this a male or a female? <laughs> you know, so I can see without sight. Right. I can see that being an integral. Now, with sight, I would say uh, overkill. Yeah. Well, and I, I love the joke about the fact that the Pope has the most recognizable clothes in the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and that, and that uh, uh, Bill's, uh, the object of Bill's affection, she recognizes him immediately. <laughs> the yeah. doctor, of course, is saying, well, why isn't the Pope here? Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's right here. <laughs> so um, did either of you get this? Because I did not get this until the second watching. Did either of you pick up on the fact that the email that he receives at the beginning of the of the story, right before it goes to the credits, I believe, or you know the opening sequence and the mm -hmm. ending scene are are the same scene, and everything else in the middle is the 
fake story or the second yeah. part. Did you guys get that? I did remember that, yeah. No, I thought they connected it nicely, that we saw him send the message that we've been watching all this time. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I didn't get that on first watching. I didn't. I got it on the second, but on the first one, I didn't get that. Do do any of you guys have issue with this? Uh, we find out it's a shadow world or a copy of the real world being so accurate. Because <laughs> I mean, the doctor in the shadow world is even blind, so they have intimate details of what's going on with these people. Uh, and again, it's an alien technology, so so uh, maybe they can do things we just don't know about. But it's yeah. an exact copy of everything, which I just find extremely odd. Interesting, Lee. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's it's always a problem in these kinds of stories, that, uh, and and it's a problem in the, in the Matrix as well. You think why would they duplicate that? That doesn't yeah <laughs> that doesn't serve them to yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, it may just be one of those things that if we think about it too much, it, it sort of it brings the whole episode down. Well, yeah. obviously, the way the digital doctor, as I shall call him. <laughs> made made reference to being a subroutine of a program. You know, Clarence, I'm going to pull from your Tech Tradition podcast cause since you talk about technology. So if you're a subroutine and you are a uh, program, a program and a subroutine, all of those are in some type of maybe a hard drive or or something like that, correct? Yes. So if we okay. took a hard drive... <laughs> and made it into a certain type of uh, technology from a certain race, maybe this could be a similar device a la the nether sphere, which they referred to being a hard drive that people were uploaded to. So if if you could upload sentient consciousness to a hard drive of Time Lord technology as a lesser degree wouldn't it be easier to upload a replica of reality to some degree into a Time Lord-type technology? Yeah, I mean, uh, like Lee just said, the technology, if we, if we, even from your explanation there, if we think about it too much, uh, it kind of, it'll break uh, the episode apart. Or, uh, But, but uh I still think what they managed to do in this episode as far as leading us down this path, I, I still feel like it was very effective. And the type of moments that we get by the end of this simulation is is really a moment I've never seen the doctor be in thus far to uh, to be in utter, utter um, doubt about itself and 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 no hope is kind of how they put it in an episode. And it was really cool to see. Uh, Capaldi as well as Bill in the in those situations. Yeah, I, I thought that too. Um, what did you guys think about when we see the point to where um, the people are basically, you know, all these people committing mass suicides? Did you guys, either of you, think, okay, this can't be real at any point before you found out this isn't real? Yeah, I wasn't sure what to think about that, actually. Because, yeah. you know, I was sitting there thinking, okay, you've got these people about to blow themselves up. And, you know, pretty much after we see that, we see, you know, where it's revealed that Nordle isn't real. And then we figure out, okay, that Bill isn't real. But 
you know, Clarence, did you, did, at what point did you realize, okay, this, this, this isn't real? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's kind of that scene where they're in CERN and uh, Bill and Nordle uh, start to spat out the numbers. That's kind yeah. of the point I really realized it. But, I mean, they had previously said, though, anybody who reads his order uh, and um, anybody who reads his order kind of wants to die or kills himself. And, it, you know, uh, again, like, what do you do when there's no hope? What, what, it's sort of like the Matrix thing all over again. When you know you're fake, uh, how can you kind of go on living, uh, mm-hmm. which is, is really a really uh, cool thing, <laughs> situation to be in. It's just kind of... I like how it was actually played in this episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, trying to survive in a fake world uh, is just, just a hard thing. <laughs> trying to survive in the real world is hard, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, but I could, just, I could just see how that would mess up somebody's brain to know that. I mean, like you said, surviving in the real world is hard enough, but to know nothing really matters and you're just a replica of what is real is is got to be a hard thing well said and good point so, so let me ask you this uh guys what about uh bill's domestic life we've seen more of it this time uh do did 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 we think that developed her character some did we like that did we not like it thoughts um, I liked it. I liked the fact that um, when her aunt, I forget her aunt's name, um, was is it her aunt? I think it's the, her foster her, mother. Her foster, foster mother. mother. Yeah. yeah, when uh, she kind of walked in on him <laughs> and she said, you don't have a boy here, do you? He said, no, not a boy. <laughs> nope. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. so I, I thought that was pretty funny, but it was kind of cool to see uh, to see her have a, a cup of tea with her friend and um uh, you know, it's so funny. By the time we get to the end of the episode, and the doctor tells her, I guess he actually initi- initiates this uh, meeting from the information he's got from this simulation. Uh, he like tells her, you know, she's totally not out of your out of your league. Go for it. Yep. What did you think, Lee? Yeah, the, that was the the thing that touched me. I just love the idea that Bill, who I think is so attractive, she sees this other girl as being a, a, a on some kind of a plane above her. And you know, that's so that's so real. That's so that's human. so normal. Yeah, so human. Yeah, I just thought that that's really keenly observed, and uh, and and I love that. And the doctor, who seems off so often so clueless about these things, that he he's the one who's able to put his finger on it. That's very that I, I love that moment. But that's it's got a significance that we I think we're not going to fully understand until we get to the next episode here. Um. This is basically one of the three parters that we were being promised, right? Correct. And it's, it's going to be the blind doctor saga. Yes. And the next episode, I think, is the pyramid at the end of the world. And yeah. the next episode after that, or the following episode after that, is called The Lie of the Land. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. And, and like another. Uh, cool thing about her in interaction with her friend is uh how the doctor once again uh kind of just interfere interfered with her normal life <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like not again well n- not necessarily i got to disagree with you it wasn't and this was one of my favorite moments of the episode it technically wasn't the doctor per se that interfered it was the pope 
Because it was the Pope who came out. Why is he there? Yes. <laughs> so imagine how, um, I can't remember her name, but but the girl must have felt to yeah, be well, sitting there having uh, tea, and then all of a sudden you look up, and that was the Pope. <laughs> and not only that, you then uh, walk into the bedroom, and there are four priests standing there. So I'm thinking, exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, is this like, you know, a scene out of The Exorcist where, oh, oh you know, is um, is Bill possessed or something? Yeah. That was funny. So let me ask you, Lee, as a story within a story, how well do you think this was written? Was it too little, too much going on or just the right amount? Oh, I, I really, really admired the uh, 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 the well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um well, um, yeah, <laughs> that's one. Um, boy, I'm having trouble with names tonight. Uh, I'm older than you guys. Um, Jamie, uh, the, the, the writer who wrote uh, uh, Oxygen. Um, Matheson. Matheson, thank you. Is that right? Yep. No. Um, anyway. But he, he, he described writing for Doctor Who as being plate juggling. And I, I love that image. Because he's right, you've got to keep all these things in the air at the same time and keep them moving. It's got to, there's got to be comic touches. There's got to be genuinely scary things. There's got to be real human touches. There's got to be the doctor's alienness. There's got to be the impressive hero of the day, you know, saving of the universe. And you have to keep all those things going at the same time, or, or the show falls flat. And uh, and I thought that uh, that uh, Stemo's plate juggling in this script is just uh, breathtaking. Uh, loved cutting back and forth to the the story about Missy's execution. Uh, just, just terrific. All right. So, based on what you just mentioned, Clarence, mm. let me follow up with a question for you. Do you think that we could have gone without Missy in this part, or do you think it was needed to to offset what was going on and that her role in this part of the story was valid? Um. As far as the back and forth, um, it it worked, but was it necessary? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I think how they were, um, again, the whole extremist argument, how they were plant, putting it back and forth, and then the other um, lack of hope at the end of the uh, simulation, I think those were kind of uh, similar in tone and it kind of played well together. So it was a little off-putting at first, but uh, I think it really, really worked, and I loved how the back and forth. Hmm. You know, when I was writing that particular question down, my thought to myself while writing it was it probably had to happen because if she has a more prominent role or more realized role or an integral part of the next or the next story – you had to have this backstory as to how she got into the vault. And yes, we've been building to it, but at some point you had to have that explanation before you could get her out of the vault. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think that's definitely why all that is there. All right. Well, let me ask this. What do you guys think about this new side of Nordle that we saw? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he certainly has gone from Mama Nordle to to Bad A Nordle. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I really loved it, uh, especially the point where uh, he and Bill were walking down the halls of the library and they were both trying to be the big person in charge, you know, trying to get in front. And Noro, uh, like he does uh, to the doctor on that planet, he kind of just puts her in her place. And she, like, was really excited by that. <laughs> you know, Noro's secretly a, a badass or whatever. And then he sees the gun and it just squirms a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah. loving Noro, man. He's just so fun. So fun. That was my that was my favorite exchange in the episode. No, at all. Are you secretly a badass? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> secret great. about it, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so good. Yeah, so that, good. that that was good. I mean, the and once again, it it just goes back to the pairing and the chemistry between you know Bill Nordle, the twelfth Doctor makes me wish that there would be a an 11th season with Peter Capaldi. And if you would have had that, you know, speculated that I would have said that this time last year, I would have been saying, hey, I'm just ready to see season 10. But I don't think I would have been, could have imagined enjoying the 12th Doctor as much as what we are now. I mean, totally. No. All right, well, I have one other question that I want to ask you guys, but before I do that, I want to make a reference to something. Because earlier in this episode, I made reference to River's Diary. And, of course, we know that, you know, Nordle had River's Diary, and we know that, you know, the, uh, the digital doctor has it in the White House when it's talking to the monks, who I'll reference and talk about in just a moment. At 42 minutes... And 29 seconds at that point, I thought just maybe, and I'm going to say it again, just maybe that we were about to see a return to, you know, that was going to be another River Song appearance because the doctor made some, this was after he had revealed that he knew he was digital and it's pretty much in a digital world, something, you know, anything's possible. And he puts the uh, diary down onto like a bookcase or a shelf. And I'm thinking, Okay, the diary is going to become River, and eh, no, it didn't. <laughs> Hope springs eternal. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, what did you guys think of the monks? I, I'm, I'm more like I said uh, about the uh, the dead astronauts in their walking spacesuits at the time. I, I'm just I'm just bored by zombies, and these guys just strike me as being zombies. Um, I don't know. Uh, it seemed to me like there was a uh, hundred different ways to go with this, and I don't understand why they picked this one. Uh, except that they're scary and, and you know anything that doesn't that uh, has a mouth and doesn't have eyes is uh <laughs> our brains don't know how to interpret that and so yeah that that always that's always scary clarence but, what did uh, you think yeah uh, uh i kind of have to agree with leon this one uh kind of indifferent about them um i do like how uh upon second viewing of the episode those portals like the first time, you know, you see those portals and you wonder what they are. But it seems like when I watched the episode again, I was just thinking about about what was behind the portals every time I saw one. So mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was a kind of cool brain trick by, by the time you watched it again. But as far as the, the evil monks themselves, I really uh, they seem like they could be interesting. Uh, I think what draws me to them the most is their use of technology i think maybe that can be cool uh so so uh it'll be interesting to see what they do in the next few episodes and to see how they use this technology to pull off their uh 
off their schemes. Very, very interesting. I'm, I'm not. I'm not buying the action figure. That's nah, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The way they talked, uh, I'm assuming. It, well, I'm I'm sort of assuming that it's uh, telepathic, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. But the way they talked, and they didn't have the mouths, and you just heard the vo- the voice that was like, "Yeah, this really sounds like the silence here." Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they reminded me of the silence too. Yeah. yeah. You know, not not as not as alien looking, more dead looking, but still that that no mouth and you hear a sound and whatever, no mouth moving reminded me of, you know, our old friends, the silence. And to be fair, you know, it, it is really hard to come up with with new on a show that's going to be a monster a week. Um, you, you burn through monsters pretty fast. <laughs> True. So yeah. so so something genuinely new and. um unexpected like like the boneless um that's that's really hard to come by and uh so you know i, I always give the show that i always say well you know of course it looks like they're running out of ideas how, how many have we had so far <laughs> yeah know? maybe we just need jamie matheson to write every episode and then <laughs> you know oh yeah yeah one thing in the episode that really kind of got on my nerves after i thought about it a little bit and especially by the time we got to the end of the episode was uh, when the doctor was using the eye contraption so he could see, he kind of makes a statement, I might not, it might kill me. I might not be able to regenerate again. And I'm like, oh, that was a bit too much. And then we find out it's fake by the end of the episode. So that that slightly rubbed me the wrong way because they, they really played that those few lines of dialogue up and only to see 20 minutes later that everything is fake. That's <laughs> not true. Yeah, but it gets back to your earlier question. If this is a synthetic universe, if this is if everything here is happening, you know, inside the program, then then why does the doctor have free will? Why is he why is he uh, messing with his own head to be able to read the document? Why yeah. why have they reproduced River Song's diary? What, why is that? <laughs> I mean, what you know? I, I just got a lot of. And the only good explanation, I mean, the only good explanation I have for that is to to counter with what type of technology would be advanced enough to be able to do that. And I have to go back to Time Lord technology. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that that library where we first met River Song. um, hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you were able to. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. In, you're, I get yeah. what you're saying. Uploading people into yeah. a database. Yeah. Wow, Which projections that the look next like the episode real world. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the de- next episode is definitely going to have River Song in it. Hmm. Yeah. So, why do I feel like the need to say Donna, Donna Noble, Noble has left the library? <laughs> exactly. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble Donna has Noble. left the library. <laughs> Donna Noble has been saved. I just, I just kind of feel like if, if Missy and River is in the same episode, Kyle wouldn't know what to do. Um, you know, he might go crazy. I wish uh, I so. could have taken a picture of my face <laughs> right now. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, that that last picture before your brain explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Say something nice, sweetie. <laughs> oh, don't. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. Um, so, guys, how would you... Um, rate the episode. What's the scale? Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> okay, <laughs> one to five. Tardi. <laughs> yeah, Tardi. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a 
four out of five because uh, it, the uh, the uh, some so much of the writing is once again just exquisite, uh, especially about dialogue. Uh, plot, I've got some problems with. I don't quite understand. I I left the episode saying, "Thank God, there's a cliffhanger here because it promises me the next episode we're going to explain some of this stuff better." Yeah, uh, and in a two-parter, you know, I think that's that's allowed, you know, to to. But um, uh, yeah, so that's where I am. Four out of five. Mm. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna come right right now on Lee. Is I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, had a few issues with it, but overall, I was entertained, very very entertained, and I, I loved the episode. And hopefully, over these next two, we can hash out some of these things that uh that are kind of lingering on. So, yeah, a solid four. What about you, Kyle? You know what? I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it a solid four as well. I, um, I, I want to give it, you know what? No, 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 no. I take that back. I'm going to give it a 4.25. I think like I did the last episode and I give it that mm. extra little kick up because I'm happy to see Michelle Gomez. <laughs> you know, I'm just and happy River to Song's see. Diary. Yeah. And I'm happy to see River Song. a 4.5 that, that diary gives me another, <laughs> uh, 25, uh, and, and we would have, we would have been at a 10 wow. if we would have had, uh, River. So, um, yep. 4.5 for me. Strong 4.5. Very good. So it makes me know that I am, you know, looking forward to the next episode, knowing that it's, you know, leading directly from this one. Mm-hmm. So my question that I'm going to ask uh, you guys as we kind of wrap up is, at what point do we expect to see John Sims master? Tell me what you see. I was just thinking, well, I think pyramid. the moment is going to come we're going to open the vault. It wasn't there. It's going to be John Sims. Those creatures in that pyramid, they have studied um, you, and they have chosen this exact moment and this exact place. What's wrong with the doctor? I lied. I've been blind since Chasm Forge. Coordinate your attacks. It did not come here in peace. We will take this planet and its people. Life on Earth will cease my humanity's own land. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Kind of my idea on it, uh, when the doctor rewires the platform, maybe mm. he doesn't get it exactly right. Mm. I think the whole reason for the vault in the first place was, they, I think the guy said that the that Time Lords have the tendency <laughs> to come back to life or something to that effect. Right. So maybe when he rewired it, instead of uh, taking all her regenerations, maybe, or killing her, maybe it made him go in reverse, maybe, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. Uh, very, mm-hmm. yeah. Never thought so. of that, but makes us doable. Because Actually. that, again, made me think of the, uh, the, the TV movie, because uh, the Master was completely, irrevocably, totally, uh, unredeemably dead. He was so dead <laughs> and came back anyway. You know, so, yeah. um, and they reduced him to a fine powder in the, in the revived series, too. So, uh, yeah. And I, I thought that must be what they were referring to, was that, yeah, we've had executions before that didn't take. So, <laughs> Yep, he's, you know, he's, he's like the, and he's the Energizer Time Lord. He just takes exactly. the execution and keeps on ticking. yeah okay yep yep. all right well guys i think that will pretty much wrap it up for this particular review episode so lee do you um why don't you tell everybody where they can find out some more 
um, information that might be of relativity to you? Mm, it might be, yeah. Um, check out uh, my uh, sci-fi radio serial at relativitypodcast.com. Good deal. And Clarence, where else can people find you? Yeah, you can find out more from me from uh, techpedition.com, where in the latest episode we talk about uh, uh, Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man, uh, yeah. taking on Nathan Drake in the upcoming uh uncharted movie and of course you can also find lee and i on doctor who podshock and that's at podshock.net and we've got a couple of episodes uh being edited and right now for production or in production but we've got a new review out for smile we're a couple of weeks behind because when you get four or five people together (laughs) some in england some in the u.s it's kind of hard to do so but we I, i yeah, <laughs> I do not envy Lewis having to do post on those shows. I just, yeah, yep, I got to be a mess. I agree. So uh, the newest uh, episode is out. Review of Smiles. So go up and check that out. It is at Podshot.net. So gentlemen, on behalf of all three of us, thank you everyone for listening. And with that, we are out of here. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.